Welcome to the podcast and the Church Said. My name is Dr. Monique Smith Gadsden, a Christ follower, a licensed professional counselor, specializing in the integration of the Christian faith in counseling and in marriage and family therapy. I'm your host for this weekly podcast where we discuss church and culture from a Christian counseling perspective. All of our insights are rooted biblically to foster emotional, mental, and spiritual health for individuals and churches. We help the many members of the body, as well as the body as a whole, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Although I am a licensed clinician, this podcast is not intended to serve as therapy. We strongly encourage you to seek out your own personal relationship with a professional therapist. So thank you for joining us for this week's episode. Hello, everyone. I'm so glad to have you join us for the conversation on today. As always, I would like to take a moment to thank everyone for listening to the podcast, to those who subscribe and share. I'm always so very appreciative of your support and your encouragement. So if you will, please write us a review and give us a five-star rating. Share the podcast with someone that you believe the content will be beneficial for. We're so grateful to you and thank you so much for your continued support of the work here on the podcast. Well, today we're going to talk about I Tried to Tell You. And it's now the second Sunday in January, 2021. And what a week we have already experienced. Last week, we witnessed an attempted coup take place in the country's Capitol building. It was a most horrific scene as we watched it unfold on television or other streaming sources. It was terrifying and it was frightening. Our securities were being threatened on so many levels. And not only was it despicable to see, but for some, it added additional layers of trauma to recognize the leniency with which those perpetrators were dealt. People watched in disbelief. People were confused how things accelerated and advanced to a point that would have warranted others to have been restrained and or fired upon. The harsh realities begin to set in because what some have known and lived and expressed countless times was unfolding before the entire world. Some tweeted and some posted their frustrations and their fury and their fears. I saw and read some variation of Quote, we, I tried to tell you, end quote, numerous times. Countless people who do the difficult work of anti-racism or others who just share their lived experiences, those who have studied history have cried out, we tried to tell you. Social scientists such as myself who predict human behavior, um, have said, we've tried to tell you. Because after all, some things are not prophetic, they are just predictable. However, on that note, there were those who uttered prophetically 
I tried to tell you. The post-emotional fallout since last week's events has been overwhelming. As a therapist who has been trained in working with trauma, my encouragement has been to attend to all of the feelings, the anger, the heartache, the dismay, the disillusionment, the rejection, the bitterness, the horror, the victimization, the anxiety, the betrayal, the disrespect, the sadness, and you fill in your blank. I have tried to affirm that you need to take time and space to acknowledge and nurture those feelings and to affirm that this is another way that trauma can blindside. You know, when you've warned, but when you're ignored or you're not taken seriously or you're even mocked and then the unthinkable happens, except it wasn't because you thought it and you tried to warn about it. However, it does happen. And not only do you have to deal with the magnitude of the event itself and all of the implications, but you also have to deal with that sting of rejection because you tried to tell them and it wasn't received. It was rejected. The reality of living with a double standard bounty on your heads, rejected. The lack of an apology or the very least of an acknowledgement, rejected. Or sometimes worse than that, silence. There is nothing said. And you're wondering why isn't anything being said at all? Rejected. When you want so desperately for people to understand that something not only hurts you, but will also hurt them, and then it's possible you're going to be hurt again due to the lack of belief in your words, the sting of that hurt and rejection can be overwhelming. Along with dealing again with the aftermath of catastrophic events, all of that together can be quite overwhelming. And it requires you, it demands you that you attend to yourself. You must differentiate yourself by be being able to manage your expectations. Know that God's call can send us to hostile territories and to speak hard truths, to evangelize lost souls, to minister to hardened hearts and reprobated minds. This work ain't easy. And the outcome is not ours. That's not our work. Ours is to obey the command, accomplish the task, and leave the rest to God. It's not easy, but it's necessary that we differentiate ourselves. Now, this is usually a lifelong process of constantly checking in with ourselves to see where we are 
in all that is going on around us. Ours is the work to differentiate, like constant. We define differentiation as the ability to define self apart from others. It includes the ability to be able to relatively maintain a non-ancient's presence in the midst of an ancient system or family or church or country. It includes the ability to take maximum responsibility for one's own life and emotional being. People mistake this to mean that you kind of roll through life like a, a lone ranger, but that's not what this is. However, because differentiation is by definition the ability to be an I, to be a self while remaining connected. So differentiation is a complex complex topic and process. And due to that complexity, I'll give as best as I can just kind of some 101 tidbits to give us understanding of how the concept helps us to heal from these current and previous events. Our ability to differentiate usually is developed in our family of origins or even the lack thereof. Now, again, the disclaimer is that the goal is not to not be emotional. It is to be able to express emotional reactivity that is rooted in you and not reactive to other things that are going on around you. Now, this will never be achieved perfectly here on this side but we operate on a, a scale of low to high in terms of differentiation. So theorist Murray Bowen states that the ability to think and reflect, to not automatically respond to internal and external emotional stimuli gives man the ability to restrain selfish and spiteful urges even during periods of high anxiety. And that should give a little bit of perspective. Guilford says, those who are lower on the scale are far less equipped to deal with crisis. Yeah, think about what you've seen. And so what happens is, those who are less differentiated usually will impinge upon the welfare of others. There is, in essence, a poorly developed sense of self. Now, there is nothing wrong with putting your all in whatever it is that you're asked to do or that that you do for others, like your families or on your job. However, as we are attempting to heal, as we have dealt with repeated traumas, it is to watch for ways that we might continue to be traumatized unknowingly. And so this is why I urge for us to manage our expectations and attend to our own healing. What are we feeling? Why are we feeling that? And what do I do with these feelings? 
Now, it's absolutely necessary and expected to be angry when injustices and oppression and falsehoods are occurring. However, if we are well differentiated, we can do what has been assigned to us and take more care that we attend to ourselves emotionally and being sure that we are aware of the welfare of others. So when we are dealing in situations where others are not compassionate towards and mindful of the welfare of others, we are dealing with people with a low level of differentiation. So when we have many people together, like in groups or churches or family or work or even society or even a nation that have varying levels of being differentiated, you can imagine the possible outcomes for various scenarios. And so that's why I was encouraging this week that those who have been saying, I tried to tell you to, to shift the expect, your expectations of others. Because if they are poorly differentiated, you get a variety of manifestations. It can look like rebellion and rejections and illnesses and addictions and abuses. And that's just the name of few. They will more than likely not have a healthy emotional response or reaction. So if you shift and focus on your own healing, you become more differentiated. You heal from the repeated and trapped traumas that you are carrying generationally, developmentally, and even racially, you become a more healthy, differentiated individual. And then you become less reactive to others when you can recognize less differentiated individuals. Sometimes it is not just a matter of healing or quote unquote changing the other. Sometimes it's just a matter of differentiating. When Isaiah heard the call of God, I, Isaiah asked only one question of God. Now in Isaiah 6, 8 and 9, I'm going to read to you what it says. Then I heard the voice of the Lord asking, who should I send? Who will go for us? I said, here I am, send me. And he replied, go, say to these people, keep listening, but do not understand. Keep looking, but do not perceive. Make the minds of these people dull, deafen their ears and blind their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears, understand with their minds, turn back and be healed. Then I said, until when, Lord? And he replied, until cities lie in ruins without inhabitants, houses are without people, the land is ruined and desolate. So that was Isaiah 6, and I actually read 8 through 11. But note that Isaiah only asked that one question. 
until when, Lord? Now, Isaiah had a similar call to Moses as Moses. Isaiah asked the one question, and we can see that Isaiah went forth and he did the work that God had called him to do. He knew he would speak to those who would not understand, would not perceive, would not hear, would not see, have dulled minds. He knew this. And Moses knew it also. But in contrast to Isaiah, Moses had all of these questions and debates with God. And it says in Exodus 4.14 that the Lord's anger burned against Moses. Now, from my observation of the word, God gives room for questions. He gives rooms, gives room for concerns. But after we receive his assurances and his instructions, he expects us to move forth in faith and trust. Moses continued to question and ask all of these questions of God to the point that Moses, the anger of the Lord was burned against Moses. Now, eventually they both went. Moses did go and do what he was to do. Um, but I make the case that Isaiah appeared to be more differentiated than Moses. Isaiah could separate himself better emotionally. And I think we have to, we have to know this. I think we have to know this too, that we have to know we're going to have tough assignments. I mean, Isaiah and Moses both had tough assignments, when we um, examine the life of Isaiah, we just don't hear a lot about emotional reactions in his um, story as we do with Moses. Yeah, seems like he was a little bit more differentiated if you ask me. But we have to know we're gonna have tough assignments. We also have to know that the end results are not our responsibility. That's not our work. That's all up to God. In the meantime, we have to attune to ourselves and know when to hearken to his voice when he is saying, come unto me, all ye that are weary. Now we can have expectations of God. He says, I will give you rest. Now we can hope for and we can even celebrate when those expectations we have of others are met. When people do turn from a reprobated mind, when they remove the scales from their, their eyes and they begin to see, and when they unplug their ears and they begin to hear, we can be hopeful for and celebrate when those expectations are met. However, the more healthy, more differentiated response can be. Despite what others will or will not do, my healing, my emotional health will not rest upon them or their responses. I will rest in and on the one whose promise can be trusted and relied upon the one who gives rest.
Yeah. Although we sit with the tensions of, I tried to tell you, or as Isaiah was commanded, go, say to the people. So a lot of us have that call in our lives to go and say to the people, and we have gone and we have said to the people and sometimes nothing. And we sit with the agony of horrific events like we experienced last week at the Capitol. We sit with the tension of, I tried to tell you. But we're going to move toward health and in healing. We're going to remember that the end result is up to God. We will differentiate ourselves. We will manage our expectations. We will seek our own healing. And we look to become more healthy, more differentiated individuals. The more healthy we are, the more we are concerned about the welfare of others. And we are then able to maintain distance enough while we're connected to the work where we will not rest upon the outcome, but we will rest upon God who promises to give us rest. So I'm trying to tell you that when God sends us and when he says, go and speak to the people, we will go and we will speak to the people and we will leave the results up to him. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, let anyone who has ears to hear listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. After you have heard my call, what will be your response? And the church's name.